0: It is great to be with you. Uh, Tim, thanks for inviting me back. Um, it's been a while, so I thought last time I did something wrong. Um, or maybe everyone else said they couldn't make it, so I was a last resort, whatever it was. It, is, it really is good to be with you, worshiping with uh, um, the same family, really. We're a part of the same family, just uh, we worship in different houses. So I'm, I'm honored and privileged to worship with you today. Um, you guys have been in Psalm 23, and it's super fantastic, and we're going to get to Psalm 23 in a second. Let me introduce myself. Kyle said I'm his good friend. Um, we're, we're, we're okay friends. We're pretty good friends. Uh, we, uh, I had the privilege of working with Kyle for around six years at Highlands Church when we were together. We did student ministries for a, a long, long time. Um, and as we're talking about valleys today... Um, My time with Kyle was not a valley. My time with Kyle have been some of the greatest mountaintop experiences of my life. So you guys really are blessed to have him here. Um, And I'm blessed to be able to worship with him this morning. Uh, My name's Thomas. I've got four kids. That's fun. Uh, We have eight-year-old, six-year-old, four-year-old, and a baby. My wife and I celebrated 10 years of marriage two weeks ago. Um, we've been dating since we were in sophomores of high school so when you look at our life we've actually been together through all of our life longer than we have been apart so it's been a super blessing for me to be married to her raise a family with her uh, and I'm super excited to be with you guys today as I said we've been in Psalm 23 so if you've got a bible go ahead and get that out we're looking at Psalm 23 up until this point I feel like Psalm 23 has been pretty great <laughs> A lot of really great things going on, right? The Lord is my shepherd, and we found out that He's not just a shepherd, but He's our good and sovereign shepherd, right? He's not a bad shepherd or an okay shepherd. He's a really, really great, great shepherd. He's a shepherd who knows everything, who sustains everything, who understands everything, who's in control of everything, and that makes Him a really good and sovereign shepherd. We've seen that because He's our shepherd, we won't want, like, that's pretty great, right? that we don't want. He meets our needs. He knows everything that we need before we even know that we need it. It says he makes us lie down in green pastures. That word make is a little strong. I don't like being made to do anything, but I do like green pastures, so that's a plus. The Good Shepherd's leading me into green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. Um, In chaotic times of life, still waters are fantastic. I don't know if you've ever found a, a quiet stream or a Uh, a still brook or something somewhere. Like, that's always a nice thing to be beside still waters. It said that he leads us in paths of righteousness. Like, that's better than a path of sinfulness. So I'm grateful that God leads us into a path of righteousness. Like, that's really wonderful stuff. And then we get to verse 4. And then now there's a valley of the shadow of death. It's like, what happened to green pastures and, like, still waters and and this good shepherd and now all of a sudden there's there's a valley of a shadow of death and we're all familiar with valleys we in fact live in a valley right phoenix is the valley of the sun it's a low spot it's a depression in the state um it's not meant to be like a bad thing it's just that's what a valley is right like it's it's a low spot and valleys are pretty cool things i remember on a turkey hunt with my brother last year um, we went and hunted the bottom of this valley and there was these ferns like you've seen the movie fern goldie before me neither, I suppose, right? Um, but there's like these ferns and then this like fog that were in there. There's like this stream and there was some elk down at the end like screaming their heads off. And, and it was the coolest thing. It was so beautiful. It was an awesome valley. One of the most famous valleys of all time is actually here in Arizona, right? The Grand Canyon. That's a giant valley. It's a low spot um, in that landscape. Uh, and valleys can be beautiful, but valleys can also be uh, really difficult, especially the metaphorical ones right, the low spots that we experience in our life, the depressions that we experience in our life. Psalm 23 talks about green pastures and still waters and mountaintops, and the, but life isn't all mountaintops, life isn't all green pastures, and life isn't all still waters, life is actually full of valleys. And that's where we turn to this morning, verse four, I'll read it for us, it says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. Now there's a lot in there, right? Maybe when, when we take passages like this and preach verse by verse, you start to wonder like, how are we going to spend a full 30 minutes on one verse? Um, frankly, 30 minutes isn't enough to spend on each one of these verses because there's that, they're that amazing. I'm going to walk us through three points in our passage this morning. The first point of the passage is this, I will walk through valleys. I will walk through valleys. There's going to be moments of mountaintops. There's going to be moments of green pastures. There's going to be moments of still waters. But this passage says we're also going to walk through valleys. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk, the valleys are inevitable. The valleys are inevitable. We will have low spots. We will have depressions. We will have times that aren't so great. Jesus said it like this in John 16, verse 33. He said, I have said these things to you that in me you have peace. You may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. You will have valleys. You will have trials. You will face fear. You will face anxieties. There's all sorts of things that you and I are going to go through at some point in our life. But the encouragement is this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the valleys. Jesus has overcome the trials. Just because we come to Jesus, it doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory and peachy. Everything's not just fantastic because we come to the Lord. We will experience green pastures. We will experience still waters. We will experience mountaintops, but just as we'll experience those things, it's a guarantee and it's inevitable that we do experience valleys. Even though I walk through the valley, I don't know about you, but my preference when it comes to the valley is around not through, right? Any hikers? Any hikers at home? Yeah, me neither. Right? It's, um, but hiking is kind of fun. If you're hiking on this beautiful trail and you come to a dead end and there's a massive valley, none of us are like, ha, we're going through. No, we're gonna look around. My my preference is always around. Right, if I see difficulty on the horizon, my my like mo is not let's do this, let's go. I'm ready to go right through it. My mo is to figure out what's the best way around, what's the path of least resistance, wh- which one's going to be easier, which ones, um, which one can I walk, which way can I go that's not going to make me deal with my feelings. Right, can I just just go go around, but but that's not the case. It says we go through the valleys. Life doesn't happen like that. We don't just have the option, are we gonna go around? Most of the time, we just realize we're in it. It just happens. Things were great, we're at the mountaintop, and then suddenly, bam, we're in the valley. We've all had valleys. Maybe you've experienced loss, low spots, or just funks. Anyone else just get in a funk every once in a while? I was in a funk two weeks ago. Couldn't tell you why. Just a low spot, a depression thing, just off, not happy, not joyful. No idea why. I woke up, and I was in the valley. You can experience broken friendships, marriage issues, family issues, kid problems, anxieties, fears, depressions. They can be big, big valleys. Uh, Three years ago, we almost lost our daughter, our our four-year-old daughter now. Um, we were out to breakfast, and my, she tried to grab my wife's coffee and spilled coffee down her, and it wasn't that big of a deal. She had some burns and whatnot. Um, but then she got real sick after that and developed two different unrelated viruses, plus the burn totally overhauled her system. She went septic into stock, in shock, and then we almost lost her. Just like that, we were in a really big valley. It was a valley we'd never been in before. Didn't know how to get through it, didn't know how to get out of it, didn't know how to go around it. We were just suddenly in... The valleys, sometimes the valleys are big. Sometimes the valleys are small. Sometimes the valleys can be recurring. Sometimes the valleys are isolated, and sometimes the valleys, everyone's in the same valley at the same time. If we look at our current, um, the global pandemic, and then all the political cycle is happening again, right back, every single one of us is in that same valley. We're all in the valley together. We've all had valleys, and the promise is we're probably gonna have more valleys You've probably heard the saying, right, you're either in a trial, exiting a trial, or about to enter into one, right? It's just, it's just the cycle of life that we constantly run. One of the most frustrating verses in the Bible to me is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. I think it's okay to get mad sometimes when you read verses that, that frustrate you, uh, and this one frustrates me. James 1, verses 2 through 4 says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Count it all joy when you're in the valley. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, my first tendency when it comes to the valley is to go around it. My second tendency when it comes to the valley is to just get out of it, but God says, I'm taking you through it. Right? I just want to avoid the whole thing, or I just want to escape and get out of it, but here God says, no, we're, we're going through it that the testing of my faith, that me being in the valley actually produces something. It produces fruit in my life. It produces character in my life. It produces steadfastness in my life. It's the valleys in my life that actually help me become who I am and who God has called me to be. Sometimes the thing we need most is actually down in the valley. I actually discovered this last week when I was studying, like, cultural shepherding. Um, Newsflash, I don't know much about shepherding, um, but people back in the day knew a lot about it. And on a really, really hot day, guess what the shepherd did? It took the sheep down into the valley. It took the sheep down in the valley. Why? You ever watch Man vs. Wild? Because some of the best stuff is found down in the valley. Right? If you're looking for water, guess where you go? You go low. Some of the best food uh, on Man versus Wild, where is that found? That's found down in the valley. So, I mean, if there's food in it, I'll go, I'll go through anything, right? My tendency is just to climb out when God might actually be leading me in something because the very thing that I need the most is located at the very bottom. He says he leads us. I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is an important important distinction to make, right? It's not death itself. It's a shadow of it. Your kid's ever been afraid of a shadow before? Because they see something moving, and because they see something moving, it's an indicator that something else is there. That's how this works, right? If you get hit by a taco truck, you're in big-time trouble. If you get hit by the shadow of a taco truck, that's just a missed opportunity, right? Right? You just missed the tacos. That's kind of a bummer, right? A shadow of a bear is different than a bear. A shadow of a rattlesnake is different than a rattlesnake. A shadow of death is different than death. But if you look at our, let's rewind. Let's go to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1 through 3, right? Everything's fantastic. Everything's perfect. Sin enters the world. And because sin enters the world, what enters because of sin? Death. Now the evils, the trials, the tragedies, the pain, the sadness, the tears, all of the stuff that we experience in this life, it's a shadow of death. Even though it's not death itself, it's an important distinction we must make when going through the valley, is that it might not be death itself, it's just a shadow of it. That's the first thing verse 4 shows us. I will walk through valleys, but check this out, point number two. I will walk through valleys, but God will be with me but God will be with me. It says, I will fear no evil because I'm awesome. No, I will fear no evil for you're with me. I will fear, no, 366 times in the Bible, God instructs us, fear not. One for each day plus a leap year, right? 366 times, fear not. Why? Because we have a fear problem. We have an anxiety problem. We have a control problem. Our tendency when it's something we don't understand, our, our tendency when it's something we didn't see coming, uh, our tendency when it's something that's uncomfortable, our tendency is fear. That's what we resort to. We resort to fear. And 366 times in the Bible, God says, Fear not. All throughout the scriptures, this isn't just a one time thing, all throughout the scriptures, God is saying, Fear not. And notice the choice here. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. It's a choice that the psalmist is making. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, here's my decision. I will not fear it. I won't be afraid. For you are with me. Why should I not fear? Guess what? The valley might be uncomfortable. The valley might be unknown. There might be all sorts of things I can't explain. There might be all sorts of things that are causing me anxiety and doubt and depression and fear and pain. But guess who's in the valley? God's in the valley. He's in the valley right there with me. All right, this isn't one of those things. You ever had a toddler at home and you leave them for five minutes and you turn around and they're just gone? This isn't how God is. It's not like God loses control of us and they're in the valley. It's it's not like you ever lost your kid at Disneyland before. I haven't because I'm a good dad. I'd never do such a thing, right? But but that's a terrifying experience, right? It's for for three minutes, you you lose you you lose track of them, and then they're just gone. And then Disneyland is is in a stir, and they're figuring out, calling out all the codes, and there's people coming out of the woodwork and, and out of the bushes and stuff. I promise, this didn't happen to me. It's all happened to my friend. Um, but that that's not how it works with God. We don't just stumble upon valleys. It's not like he loses track of us and then all of a sudden we're in the valley. He's in the valley with us. He's in the valley right there with us. He doesn't leave us in the valley. He actually leads us through the valley. And it's not like he stands on the other side and says, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. He's with us. He's there walking with us. You read that footsteps poem before? Right? That whole deal where a guy's walking along the beach through a difficult, like tumultuous time and only sees one set of footprints in the sand. I'm probably butchering this thing, so if someone in the church wrote it, I apologize. But, but, but the, the main thing is, he looks back and says, God, where were you? And God says, I was carrying you. Right? That one set of, foot, of footsteps, that, that, those are mine. I was with you in the valley. I was leading you through the valley. He doesn't leave us in the valley. He leads us through the valley. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 says this, have I not commanded you? Now this is a question. Haven't we talked about this before? We do this with our kids. How many times have I told you? Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. That word dismayed is like stressed out. Don't be frightened. Don't be stressed out. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Whether it's the mountaintops, whether it's the highest of highs, or whether it's the lowest of lows, the promise of God's word is that God is with us leading us right through it. Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20, Jesus echoes the same message. Again, this is all throughout the book, not just in one spot. 366 times we have the message to fear not. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus has directed them, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Um, This is a little bit unrelated, but if you're a Bible circler, circle that phrase, but some doubted. I don't know how you see all the things that Jesus has done and experience Jesus for who he is and for what he's done and still doubt, but I I doubt. I've doubted. That's a valley in itself, the valley of doubt. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, not just the ones who didn't doubt, Jesus said to all of them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm the boss. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and best of luck. Right, that, that's not something, God doesn't say good luck. Right, good night and good luck. That's not, that's not Jesus. And behold, I am with you how long? Come on. I am with you how long? Always, always, I'm with you, highest of high. I'm with you, lowest of lows. I'm with you when life is seemingly easy. I'm with you when life is tremendously difficult to the end of the age. Our lack of fear is not because of us. Our lack of fear is not because our talents, our abilities, the things that we've been through in the past, our lack of fear is tied to the presence of God in our life. I can fear not. Why? Because he is with me. And we know that, right? I mean, you've been through some stuff in your life before, and maybe you felt the comfort and the presence of God in your life, so you know that God wants to go with you. But when you go through the stuff maybe you haven't experienced before, a valley you haven't been in before, you start to question, has God been in this one? Genesis 18, verses 13 through 14, there's a story. Abraham and Sarah, remember their whole deal of trying to get pregnant, really, really difficult. Verse 13, chapter 18 says this, Then the Lord said to Abraham, so God says to Abraham, Why did Sarah, who's 90 years old at this point, laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? This is the promise. God shows up, hey, this time next year you're going to have a kid. Sarah says, (laughs) don't you know I'm old and the way of woman has ceased with me? That's what she says. I I can't get pregnant. This isn't me like being rude. That's That's what she said, okay? Here's the question the Lord asks. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I'll return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. I love this question. It's a question we should ask ourselves when we're down in the valley. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I've been through some other stuff before, but this one's new to me. Can God lead me through this one? Can God walk me through this one? Will God carry me through this one? God's got it. It's not on me it's not on my own abilities it's not on my own talents it's not on my own treasures it's not on anything that it's all about the presence of God God's got it maybe it's a value you haven't seen before but I promise you God has seen it he's even walked through it with people before global pandemics not a new thing not a new thing God has walked people through global pandemics before racism not a new thing God has been down in that valley walking people through it since it was a thing. Any valley that we face, any valley that we walk through, God's been in that valley before. He's walked someone through that valley before. And we can fear no evil because he's walking us through it as well. The Bible says, I will walk through valleys, but God will be with me. Point three, and I will be comforted. I will walk through valleys, but God will be with me and I will be comforted. This is God's desirous, by the way. His desire is to comfort us, to direct us, to protect us. Not only is he our good and sovereign shepherd, he's also our good, good father, right? That's who he is, that's who he is, and I'm loved by him. We sing it in church, at least I'm singing sing it in my church. You guys are a little cooler. You probably don't sing that song here. But that's the fact. He's our good and sovereign shepherd. He's also our good, good father, and he brings us comfort. Parents, this is what we do to our children. They fall down, scrape their knee, guess what? We pick them up and comfort them. Your kid goes through a breakup, guess what happens? You comfort him. Your kid goes through a transition at work that's really difficult, what do you do? You comfort him. This is what God does for us. Our shepherd is also our father, and because he is our father, his desire is to comfort us. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. Now, why would I need a rod? Why would I need a staff? Well, if he's the shepherd, remember, that makes us sheep. And, and there's sheep, like, is not a compliment, right? It, when, when God calls us sheep, he's not calling us, like, lions or tigers or bears. It's sheep. You ever been afraid of a sheep? No, they're, they're, they're not ferocious. They don't have sharp teeth. They don't bark. Right? They, they, they don't try to fight back. I Googled this yesterday. Natural defense mechanisms of a sheep. Number one answer: avoidance. (laughs) Right? But that makes sense because I try to go around the valley or climb out of it, right? I need a shepherd. I need a rod. I need a staff. Your rod and your staff. Shepherds actually carried a rod. I understand like the staff thing, that's the like Mary had a little lamb, that like the hook, the hook thing. But they also carried a rod. Think of like a short wood baseball bat where sometimes they'd um, like blacksmith some iron around the end, maybe put some nails through it, maybe some glass, sharp pieces of metal and things like this so they could protect the sheep. The author of Psalms, David, this, this Psalm specifically, David, he was a shepherd. This is why he knows so much about shepherds. And there's one part in 1 Samuel 17 where David actually shares uh, his resume with King Saul for why he should be fit to go off to fight. And it says this, And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. They were talking about David and Goliath. You remember this story. For you are but a youth. You're a little kid, man. But he, Goliath, has been a man of war since he was a little kid. Okay, you're a young kid. He's been fighting people since he was your age. But David said to Saul, Your servant, speaking of David himself, used to keep sheep for his father. He was a shepherd. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him. You'd never seen me do this, right? You probably would never see any of us do this, but David, pretty bad dude. When there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and I struck him and I got the lamb out of his mouth. And if the lion, tiger, or bear rose against me, I just caught him by the beard and I struck him and killed him your servant is struck down both lions and bears in this uncircumcised Philistine which fantastic insult by the way if you're looking to add something to the insult book uh, I would recommend uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defied the armies of the living god now why do I bring this up because this picture of a shepherd is the same picture of our shepherd our shepherd has a rod our shepherd has a staff the rod protects us god himself Protects us. He's on the attack for us, especially when we're in the valley, especially when we're afraid, especially when we're weak. It's because when we are weak, he's what? He's strong. The good shepherd uses his rod to protect us. He has a rod and a staff. What's the staff for? Well, the rod's for protection. The staff is for direction, to lead us, to guide us. This is the one you think of when you think of Mary had a little lamb, right? The long stick with a thing on it. So you kind of nudge sheep around, right? Don't, don't go that way. If they're too stubborn, you kind of hook them around the neck, and now you've got a leash. We're going this way. This is what God does with us. He directs us when we're going through the valley. Proverbs 16, 9 says this, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps left to ourself. We're just trying to get out of it. All right, I've got my plan. I know what I would like to do. I'd like to go around, but once I'm in it, I'd like to just get out. But it's God Himself, the good and sovereign shepherd with the staff directing me through the valley. Proverbs 3 5 and 6, you probably know this one, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. It's not an instruction to just take your brain out and not think for yourself. Okay, this is probably one of the big problems we have with Christianity today is Christians who can't actually think and process for themselves. Christians who don't understand. Christians who don't try to understand what's in God's word and how it applies to our life. Christians who aren't willing to look at the intricacies of human life and how difficult this experience really can be and just saying things like, trust God, faith over fear. We should trust God. We should have faith over fear. But when it comes to my understandings, my understandings of the world, my understandings of the word, God tells me don't trust in that. Don't trust in your understanding of the valley. Trust in God, the God who's actually leading you through the valley. They comfort me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. The comfort doesn't come from the rod or the staff itself. The comfort comes from the one who's holding the rod and the staff. Just like my courage comes from the one who's leading me through the valley, my comfort comes from the one who's holding the rod and holding the staff. Those two two, two tools entrusted to a bad shepherd probably aren't going to do much. But a rod and a staff in the hands of our good and sovereign shepherd, those can bring us comfort. Comfort. I love this word, comfort. 2 Corinthians verses, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, there's a fantastic that, uh, that Paul gives for God. He says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. He is the God of all comfort. And check this out. He comforts us in all our affliction. Why? Why would he do that? So that we may be able to comfort those are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God man sometimes the reason that I go through valleys and then I experience the comfort of God is so that I can comfort people who are going through similar valleys right maybe when we're down in the valley we shouldn't just have our eyes fixated on our situation but have our eyes fixed and looking for other people who are down there too Look for other footsteps, for people who are in the same thing, going through the same stuff, so that the comfort that God comforted us with, we can comfort them. When we're in a valley, we can't just focus on us. We need to look outwards and bring comfort to those around us. We will walk through valleys. That's inevitable, right? But who's there? God's with us in the valley. And because God is with us in the valley, he says we will be comforted. We will walk through valleys, some will be big, some may be small, some unprecedented like the times we're living in now. It's a fact of life, we'll experience loss, some will experience abuse, depression, marriage and family issues, COVID-19, racism. We will walk through valleys, but God's with us in the valley. Are you looking for him? Are you listening? Are you learning? Are you allowing him to lead you through it? Or are we trusting in our own understanding? And because God is with us in the valleys, we will be comforted. Are you seeking comfort from the wrong place? Or are you finding comfort where comfort should come from, from the one who's leading us through the valley? I'm gonna pray in just a second. We need to remember, Jesus walked a valley for us, didn't he? Didn't he walk through a valley so you and I could find life? He, He was tortured, he was beaten, he was crucified. He rose again, defeated death so that you and I can have new life in Christ. He walked through the valley for us so that when you and I trust him, when you and I place our faith in him, we find salvation, we find new life. And we find new life where we experience the valleys in this life Jesus can be walking right through with us. In this world, we will have trouble, but take heart for Jesus himself has overcome our world. Let's pray. God, we praise you because you are our good and sovereign shepherd. God, we know in life we'll have valleys, we'll have tough times, we'll have trials, we'll have tribulations, but your promise is that you'll be with us. God, I pray for those now who are who are in the valley, who are experiencing the valley, who may be experiencing um, loneliness, maybe they're experiencing um, depression, maybe they're experiencing abuse, maybe they're experiencing um, just the things most of us are right now with, with COVID-19 and the racial tension and Um, and everything else. God, we know we will walk through the valley, but we also know that you're with us. So God, we ask that we would, we'd see you, that we'd hear you, that we'd feel your presence in our lives. God, would you use us and our experiences in the valley so that we can comfort those around us who are in the valley as well. Jesus, thank you for going through a valley we simply could not endure on our own. Jesus, you took a cross and you died, but you defeated death and you rose again. May we walk with you through the valley. May we fix our eyes on you while we're in the valley. And may we glorify you both on the mountaintops, the green pastures, next to the still waters, and even in the valleys of our lives. Would you do this for your glory and your glory alone? In Christ's name we pray, amen.